Welcome to the DGMT's Learning Lunch podcast. I'm your host, Tutulam Genela. The Learning Lunch is an opportunity for NPO teams to be exposed to new ideas, to discover what others are learning, and also to reflect on what that means for their own implementation and strategy. As you know, many non-profit organizations work with children and young people. And as you may also know, Many of these young people and children grow up in exceptionally difficult circumstances. Unfortunately, many children experience childhood that are framed by extreme poverty and toxic environments of violence and abuse that traumatizes them. Waves for Change have a very specific approach in dealing with trauma in children. And today, while learning about the inspiring work that Waves for Change does in communities, we hope to also focus on advice and guidance that Waves for Change can offer to all of us who might work with children and young people who are traumatized. Waves for Change has been operating since 2011, doing surf therapy with underprivileged children now impacting the lives of almost 1,000 children weekly. The organization grew from voluntary weekend surfing sessions run by founders Apish Checha and Tim Conibear at Musenberg Beach in Cape Town. Today, we are honored and privileged to be speaking to Apish Checha as well as Usinda Tagatani from Waves for Change. Apish is the co-founder of Waves for Change. He is a surfer, lifeguard, and leads the Waves for Change programs in Emas Pumelele Township. Usinda Tagatani is a surfer, a stand-up paddle boarder, and a Waves for Change instructor from Ekailicha, Eharare. He was recently selected for a stand-up paddling competition in Hungary, the International Canoe Federation Stand-Up Paddling World Championship to represent the country, which makes it a little bit hard to believe because um, Usinda was afraid of the ocean. And I'm sure Apish will be able to tell us a little bit more about how Usinda was afraid of the ocean. And today the ocean is your best friend and the ocean is providing all these opportunities for you, you know, to represent our country internationally and uh, to do what you love and to thrive at that, um, Usinda. For you who is listening right now, you can read more about our guests on the resources section for this podcast, and you can download that from the DGMT website. Cinda, I'm going to start with you, my brother. How are you? Okay. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. Thank you so much for joining us and making the time to have this very important conversation, and I believe a conversation that will change lives. Thank you for the opportunity. For you, guys, letting me share my story. Cinder, you come from a background that I come from. You know, we Islam, as we would like to say, you know, Ungawase Kailicha, and not just anywhere in Ekailicha. You're from Eharari, that is where I'm from, but we just differ in sections. You're from Go 34, I'm from Go 37. Um, it's a difficult um, environment to be in, Ekasi or the township. Uh, you know, 
people are territorial and I think especially when you're growing up as a young boy um, there is a, a lot of danger that is around you um, a lot of uh, incidences that can potentially even lead to your death but Cinda here you are today to tell us your story so what I would like for you to do is to paint the picture for us you know growing up as a young boy in the streets dusty streets of Ekailija in fact sandy streets of Ekailija Eharara near to Emonwamisi Beach. That's where you um, fell in love with uh, Waves for Change at. So paint us the story of your childhood. How was it, you know, the ups and downs of growing up in such an environment? My name is Cinda. So I was born in the Eastern Cape in Butterworth. But I grew up in Kailicha, in the dusty streets of Kailicha in Harare. And growing up in Kailicha was tough. Um, a lot of things happened. So, but uh, growing up in Kailicha, I've learned a lot, and I've learned all the good and the bad things. Um, so, when I was in high school, um, I started joining a gang. It's called Vatos Locos. Um, so, there was um, these two gangs. The other one's called Vatos Locos, and the other one's called Vura. So, we had this thing where every every day after school, um, we go and fight. You know. And I've lost many of my friends through those fights and go hang out in corners and start smoking. And yeah, a lot of things happened. And until Ways for Change intervened, like they came to our school and they were, and then introduced surfing to us. But like, guys, how about you stop what you're doing and then just come and surf with us? I think Apish and Tim, yeah, it was Apish and Tim and some other few instructors. And but they were doing it only on the weekends because they came to Monolisi on the weekend. And the first time they came, they came with a budget, full boards and websites. And remember, I'm black, like I, um, I'm grabbing uh, in a car and I don't know anything about surfing. In fact, I know surfing is like when I was growing up, all like surfing stars for white people. That's what um, <laughs> I told myself. In fact, that's what all of my friends uh, told ourselves that surfing is for only for white people. Until we saw Apish was surfing with Tim and they were like, oh, we might as well try it, you know? We're loving the story as okay. you explained the story. Um, and I think you've actually um, painted the picture for us in a beautiful way. And you're actually leading us to, you know, the next sort of conversation that we'd like to have, which is, yeah. of course, the moment that you meet Waves for Change. Um, what did that mean for you um, early in your life? You know, you met them when you were 15 years old. And, you know, you're a young yeah. boy growing up at Kasi. And as you've already explained, water is not your favorite thing. Yes, you go to the beach, but you just put your feet in the beach, you know. That's how we know. As black people, <laughs> we put <laughs> our yeah, feet in the yeah. beach and that's it, you know. But we would dress up for the beach, though. <laughs> um, yeah, and so Ways for Change comes to your school and you get enticed by, you know, what they, what they said, not particularly selling, but what they're saying and what they're pitching to you. And then you become part of yeah. this organization. So, can you take us through maybe from the time you started with Waves for Change until where you are now, you know, and uh, just the growth that has happened and the journey um, that Waves for Change has taken you through? I joined Waves for Change and, and I was afraid of the water, like to be honest, of the waves, you know. And I remember the first time I went surfing, so they did put us some few basics on the beach. 
and give us boards and so we, so I went out and as a result uh, I panicked <laughs> and I nearly drowned but one of the guys like pulled me out like say uh, pulled me out of the water and then I think that's when Tim realized we needed some swimming lessons because um ways were changed joined with um Western province um life saving because I also trained to be a lifeguard while I was still with Ways for Change after I just joined because I think they realized that we are not strong swimmers and then they introduced swimming as well. So we became lifeguards, I qualified as lifeguard. After I caught my first wave, I was so, so happy because I like it's a different feeling. Um, I wish you guys could experience it if you, ever, if you haven't, uh, haven't tried surfing yet. Um, so when I caught my first wave, I was so, so happy. I, I don't know, I just screamed and and there were guys like watching and then I was like, yo, this is um, it's an amazing feeling, you know. So ever since then, I've never looked back and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go surf every day after school, you know. Because I started doing the, um, the surfing every every day, like um, from Tuesday to Saturday. So ever since then, I started surfing every day and until I finished high school and then... Um, I worked as a lifeguard and I went to school as well uh, to Cape College, to electrical engineering, but then I ended up dropping out because I didn't have anyone to pay for my studies. So and then I went to look for work. And so I was, then I worked for a surf shop in Musingberg. So I was still involved with Ways for Change even then. And and they have like um, one of the, um, one, they have a container at that time in Musingberg, so I was still like involved with them. And then I was working in a surf shop. Yeah. And I started stand up paddling in 2019 for the surf shop that I was working for. Then I was doing competitions also on stand up paddling, you know, because I was inspired. I'm loving the water sport that ways for change introduced into my life. I was like, I'm loving the water sport. I'm going to do every competition. You know, I did some life saving swimming competitions. Uh, so I've and surfing, longboarding, and stand up paddling. And yeah, so I've won a couple of stand up paddling competitions. And so ever since then, in 2019, at the end of 2019, um, I was selected to be, to be in SAPSA team, stand up paddling South African team. Uh, 2020, I was supposed to go to the ISAs, but the COVID hit in March. So all the competitions were canceled. Yeah. So for that for that year mm-hmm. and so in 2021 this year and then i got a letter invitation letter that i have been selected to go and partake in the world champs in europe in hungary then i was like i was so excited about that i started training for some appelling as well as i'm used to mm-hmm. but i was training in march beginning of march in the 5th of march i got hit by two cars as i was walking up the road in kailicha because like the road is so small along the way. There's this uh, main road, uh, it's called um, New Way, mm. it's between Ndlovini and Harare. Mm. So yeah, as I, I was walking up the road, then the car came from behind me and then hit me, I flew up in the air, landed down, second car came drove over me. And then next thing I woke up in the hospital. Mm. And so I thought that was it now, like I can't do any more paddling because my back was bent and um, I've just been selected to go to the tomb to partake in the world champs. So I was like, you know what, this is it for me. I, I can't do it anymore. 
but luckily God was there and I had the support of the guys as well. Yeah. Uh, so then I could get up and I started telling a month later, I started training for the world champs. I did a competition in, in April, it's called the Freedom Paddle. Yeah, from Ranger Bay to Robin Island and back. And yeah, so ever since then, then I went to the world champs. Um, then went to the world champs, got to the semifinals. I lost in the semifinals though. That's pretty much my story. Wow, Cinda. Um, it's a compelling story. It's a moving story. And so it's so amazing um, to see what can happen when you just give something a try. You know, the way you said that you were afraid of the ocean, but you went ahead nonetheless. And look where you are now, you know, 10 years later, all these accolades. Um, and you're pretty much thriving and representing your country internationally. That is big. That is huge, Masinda. Um, and I hope you are not taking that lightly. Apish, I want you to join the conversation and tell us the truth about Ustinda <laughs> and him be, and him being afraid of the ocean. Um, and Apish, also, Ndifuna, for you to also tell us about just your experience, you know, based on the fact that you work with um, children that are traumatized. Um you know, how has that experience been for you um, working with these children from coastal communities in South Africa? Everything that Cinder has mentioned, mm. that's quite true. Mm. Ways for Change started as a surf club in Mercy, where I'm coming from. And then from there, I think I was still in high school as well uh, when I met him. And then we became friends. And then we started the surf club because I wanted to share the feeling of the ocean with the other kids from my area. And then we kind of like asked for sponsorship for funding and stuff. And then people like saw that that was really interesting what we're doing, taking the kids of Marcia to the ocean. We challenged the city of Cape Town that they must provide equipment because surfing is quite an expensive sport. Yeah. We didn't have boards and wetsuits. Mm. And then city of Cape Town said, okay, uh, we're going to do a trial before we even like get out, get on the board. Let's go to Monabisi and see if this surfing thing can really help young people. And then that's when we we started in Kailicha. Every Saturday, we'll pack the surfboards and wetsuit, go to Monabisi Beach. After going to the school, we've been to the school already, spoke with young people who were part of the, the gangs. There were different gangs in Kailicha. Because we would go after school and just observe before we even started the, the program there. And then there was fights and everything. Sure. That was team at that moment, so terrified and scared, being in a township. Yeah. And then it was so interesting to, to see the kids, when we take them out of the township to the ocean, the ocean. and the same feeling, <laughs> they are also like so super scared. Okay, the, yeah. So <laughs> for me, it was... Seeing teams get being in the township, in the township seeing and the kids, kids fighting, <laughs> and then taking the kids to the ocean, teams become they, they, they more comfortable. Now. Yeah, the kids are more scared. <laughs> and it was also like introducing the the young people to a new environment and also give them sort of like challenging their, I mean, channeling their energy because they just bored with township activities such as soccer, playing soccer after school, or hanging out at the corner. So it was sort of like also the space 
for young people to share, to express themselves. After sitting down and trying to understand why they were part of the gang, you find out that they were lacking sense of belonging, where they could belong uh, as a group, and also the the feeling of being safe in the community as well. They don't feel safe. So in order to for you to be more safer, you must be part of the gang. And it was more of like creating that gang, but in a different environment, using surfing, instead of using pangas and chasing each other in a township, but taking a surfboard out as a group and then just surf. And after the surf, we sit down before we eat, we just check in, like, how are you guys feeling? And then some of the young people will share the stories that are happening at home, like the trauma, the things that are, some of them are being neglected, they staying alone, they're living alone, they don't have food. Some of them, they've been abused. There's so many stories and violence. Some of them, they grow up like in a family where the mother and the father is there, but like it's not really functioning. So uh, they don't know how to express themselves. They don't know how to cope with that. So it was different challenges for each and every individual. Looking at surf therapy uh, as a whole, um, what would you say, just to explain it exactly to us, how does it work and what are the benefits of physical exercise to young children that have been exposed to violence and traumatic experiences or circumstances? I know that you guys also work in partnership with um, health experts that then you know assist the children to to deal with those feelings of anger um you know sort of those emotions that we can't really express especially as um black children you know um i i grew up um with depression and anxiety but i've only realized that now when i'm older that hi man Back then, it was actually because I wasn't okay, you know, mentally. I needed um, assistance. And so you're bringing this now to children um, in the township and at a young age and saying, look, these are um, sort of maybe the things that your circumstances are leading you to to have or to carry, you know, mental illness. Um, and so I'd just like you to explain how surf uh, therapy works and how is it beneficial to youngsters that have been exposed to traumas? I think uh, the ocean itself is very therapeutic. Whenever you go to the ocean, even if you were feeling sad, you feel a bit less sad. And it has a way of balancing the energy or the the brain. Because I think there's part of the brain that when you are faced with something or with any challenge, it's rather you want to fight to protect yourself or run away. And with that, uh, it surfing brings that balance of like, how do you face that instead of running away? Or how do you face that instead of fighting? Just take a moment and think through what are the consequences if you do fight or if you do act differently in any challenges. Very interesting. Um, I love how you talk about the ocean being a healer in itself. And it is, you know, if you go to um, the beach or the sea, you come back refreshed. You come back feeling a different way. And so that's part of uh, the elements that you use, um, the ocean. Now looking at the process itself, you know, how does the process work in terms of the programs that you have and the, the techniques that you use um, when you are working with the young children that have been traumatized? The first thing that we do is to get a concern from the parents first. 
engage the parents with the program so that they know what we're doing with their children. And the second thing would be introducing the, the young people to the ocean. It's more of holding each other as hands, making a big line, taking a few steps out. It's more of like building a trusting relationship where we, if we are working together, let's trust each other, holding each other's hand. And then whoever is not feeling safer or not feeling okay as we walk in the ocean or walk out. Mm. <laughs> That's the confusion. Because when you go... <laughs> walk in. <laughs> yeah. You, walking in is when you come out, actually. Oh. So when Surf you walk language. out... You're it's being like, educated <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit confusing. So yeah, when we walk out, like through the ocean, it's more of, are you okay? Like you ask the next person, are you okay? How are you feeling? And then after doing that session, we go back to the beach. We come in, sit down, and then just to see how we how can we apply the the activities that we did to our lives back in the community or at school mm-hmm. and then some of the children will give like examples if I'm in a relationship then I'll ask my partner I would never force my partner to do something that they do not like and also at home I would never force someone to do something because I believe it's right I would rather like, would you? F- are you fine doing this? Like, in, like it's more of like asking for consent and more mm. being polite as well. Mm. And after that, it's the catch and fall or the floating, mm. where they teach each other how to float. It's more of the the one that is helping the the one who's the coach. It's more of like how do you help other people back in the community. Those are the questions that we ask, like, how do you take this learning to the community? How do you help other people? And how do you ask for help yourself as well? The activities that are more challenging, which is the ocean, like the waves, the surfing itself, it's very difficult. So they love it, but it's more challenging because when they succeed in doing that, they're feeling the the hope, the the excitement, you know. And also the coaches being the caring adults, introducing young people to people that they feel comfortable sharing their mm-hmm. confiden- confidentiality and things that are happening at home. The the coping skills, it's more of like meditation and holding hands, those kind of things. Also sit down and meditate just to check in, think of the things that happened in the past and also imagine the future that's more becoming more optimistic. And almost, you know, visualizing something better than yes. your circumstance right now. Um, and also instilling those values that you guys do, you know, like the caring and I'm going to catch you. Yes. Um, and then taking that back home um, and understanding what that means in the context of your community and what you can um do with that that mm. you've learned Cinda I'm going to come to you my brother um, but I still want to speak to Apish as well Cinda when you look at uh, you know where you've come from uh, your journey your growth that has taken place and also you know being an instructor for waves for change um, and working in these difficult communities, as Apish has already explained, that it wasn't easy in the beginning, but, you know, you, you conquered. Um, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen um, come out of the communities? When I'm, like, doing a lesson, teaching the guys how to surf, 
uh, I've seen the guys coming out of their like shell, you know, like you know, um, because when when they start the, the sport, they're not used to it and they're scared. They're scared of the water. So you as an instructor, you need to um, make them feel comfortable, you know. And so I've seen the guys um, getting like hooked on, on the sport and they'd be like, want to go surfing. Even when you're like uh, sitting with them on the beach, you're just chatting with them about life and uh, what, uh, what are they scared of, all of that. But um, they'd be like, they will tell you what they're scared of, but then their main focus will be like, um, I want to go and surf, you know, I want to go in the water. So, uh, so that feeling of seeing them uh, growing, loving the sport and uh, forgetting about uh, what's going to happen maybe at home or whatsoever. So like, so that's, um, that's what I've seen the guys like changing like uh, their routine of stop going in the, on, on the corners now, uh, come uh, for a surf, you know. And, and asking the, uh, the instructors, like, how will they improve their surfing and all of that? Um, so I've seen the guys, like, yeah, stop going to the corners, coming for a surf, and loving the sport and loving the water sport just changes everything. And, yeah, I've seen the guys, like, change the way they do things. I, I do believe that it's a discipline on its own, you know, being um, in the ocean, yeah. surfing, There, it has its own sort of discipline and uh, um, you are able to take that discipline into your everyday life, into your community, into your family and implement those uh, skills that you learn there into your, uh, your, your community. That's what I'm hearing you say, Cinder. And so both Cinder and Apish, what would you recommend to other organizations that work with young people who have been exposed to violence, what can they do to help these young people to, to get them the healing that they get? Um, let's for say example, they don't have the ocean. <laughs> what can they do? Um, you know, that works. I would say um, they must talk to, uh, to their children that um, they're teaching because what worked for me is, was listening. Uh, I know listening is a skill. So um, um, guys like Apish, they were like, they would tell us about, uh, about things about life, about respect, you know. I like, I respect, I respect Apish and then I respect all the other guys. And then like, they would tell us like, guys, you need to respect each other, you know. And, I, and I've listened, you know. Uh, so I would say, I would like recommend that you must talk to one of their children and then um, about the listening is a skill and then you learn a lot you know when you listen and just uh, be quiet for a moment and then just listen what the other instructors or your mentors say to you you know and just do what you are told do what's right and then and then you will see at the end of the day you will you will um you will see that like the difference there is a difference after someone told you something and then you just do it you know and like um, only like positive things, like I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, so I've listened to the guys like Apish and some other um, mentors. Um, so the guy that were mentoring us, and so and I've always like taken points from what they're saying, and yeah, and they tell you about the good behavior, uh, which you like, wow, well, which gets you like far in life. You feel like a good behavior, you're not like aggressive and all of that, you're swearing all of that. So, and then, yeah, and then that takes, like, fine life, you know, and people just love you for 
not talking too much, but just listening and then be polite and yeah, all of that. Um, I'll hand over to you, Atish. For me, the is it an advice or mm, I options? Think it, or? Yeah, it's really maybe options, advice, guidance. You know, if you are an organization that works with young people and you don't know how to reach the young people, and you know, you just need to to know from people that like you that have worked with young people. But I guess it's more of listening to young people. What mm. what is it that they want? Listen. What are the what is it that they would prefer instead of like sitting at the corners, joining gangs and stuff? Because the ways for change was designed, I would say that would design through of our guidance and psychologists and social workers by children, yeah. where we went to them and sit down. Okay, guys, this is what's happening at the moment, and then what would we prefer? What what is it that you want? And those all those things that we providing are the things that have been mentioned by young people that they want a safe space where they can emotionally feel safe, physically feel safe, and s- there's someone, like a caring adult around them, present in their presence, and also like opportunities so that they can explore, not only dream of becoming a football player because they're coming from a township, and the only thing that you do as a young boy or young girl, it's either you play netball or you play football. And to provide like other opportunities, like Cinda, at I'm sure Cinda never thought that he would become <laughs> a safer or yeah, stand-up yeah. peddler and go and represent South Africa in other countries. It's more of creating those opportunities yeah. and also being consistent in their lives. Mm-hmm. Don't only pitch up once a week and then the other week you're making excuses. It's more of like building trust with young people, being consistent, creating a safe space or environment mm-hmm. and provide opportunities. And obviously don't miss the, the fun activities while doing that because i think young people they've got energy they want to experience fun of everything that you do absolutely wow thank you gentlemen so much for sharing your story with us um a very very compelling story um from both sides you know the mentor and the mentee um and how just your story cinda has you know from uh, for a lack of a better saying from zero to hero you know <laughs> uh, here you are now and of course there's still so much more when cinda that you're going to achieve you know and there's so much more that you're still going to do and apish thank you as well you know for for doing the work that you do the work of serving your community you know it it is um a, a work that is a difficult work, you know, and it, it has a lot of responsibility. Uh, but here you are doing it. And may you also just continue doing the work that you're doing because it is valid. <laughs> are you getting hot? <laughs> oh, don't cry. Don't cry. It's all right. It will be good. <laughs> at, at first, nice when you hear from someone, like as much as I know what I'm doing, but like when someone just like echoes that, it, I don't know. I get no. goosebumps. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Take it in. Take it in. Wow. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, thank you for just highlighting the power of mentorship, the power of having someone walk the journey with you, you know. And I think it's very important, especially as four young black boys, you know, um, because a lot of young black boys don't have that. They don't have those father figures. And I think organizations like Waves for Change bring that to young boys in our communities. 
And then also, yeah, Ndiabulela. Let me stop it at Ndiabulela there. And uh, for everyone else that is listening, thank you for lending us your ears for these couple of minutes that we've been together. And we hope that uh, you've learned how to navigate and to work with young people that come from traumatic backgrounds. And we just also want you to know that uh, at the end of it all, the Learning Lunch creates space for about 30 minutes of reflection as teams after the podcast section. Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks to you. <laughs> Providing this Thanks, opportunity, guys. this platform to share our like stories of ways for change and for letting Cinda also like open up. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what young people in a in a township needs someone that they can easily relate to, like the young role models. It is now over to you. The Learning Lunch creates space for reflection as teams after you have listened to the podcast. Here are some points of reflection. Based on your own previous experiences working with young people who may have been exposed to violence, what is the biggest lesson that you learned in your organization? What do you think you could improve upon? How will you implement those changes?